0: Put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Babe I got you,
1: babe
0: I got you, babe Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami
2: Beach? No, hardly. And you can expect hazardous travel later today with that, you know, blizzard thing. That blizzard thing? Oh, here's the report. The National Weather Service is calling for a big blizzard thing. Yes, they are. But there's another reason today is very special. Especially cold.
0: Especially cold. Okay. But the big question on everybody's lips. Chapped lips. On their chapped lips, right. Do you think Phil's going to come out and see his shadow? tawny Phil. That's right, rodent lovers. It's Ground Groundhog Day!
1: Groundhog Day!
0: Got the music right there. Ooh. That that's enough. We we did it. We made it through that day. Okay. I'm John Diner. I'm David Munchak, and this is Reconsideration, the show where we look at some of our favorite movies from our youth, from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond. Not really, just 70s, 80s, 90s for now. Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. It uh, David, it feels like forever since we've done a done a broadcast here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's great to be back in the studio, I feel like, because we, we like to stockpile our episodes. So I think the last, the last time we were physically in the studio, I think, was about six months ago? Six, six seven I, months, I yeah. I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> I mean, you look totally different. You <laughs> I, I am. Dude. The hair is long. Hair is flowing right now. You're <laughs> jacked. <laughs> you look, look great in that, in that tank top and jeans. And I, I, I just... Sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm should... getting
0: ready for It's my pre-spring look. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: It, it's right around the corner. Yeah, Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's great to be back talking with you. Yeah, it's always great to be in the studio with, with my pal David. Yeah, and so we're talking movies again? We're, again. I we're doing it one more time. Oh my God. it's It's the best part of my week. You know, I'm so excited because 2019
0: we're going to have a pretty cool lineup that we're still we're we're locking the we're signing the deals we're locking the contracts in Mm
1: -hmm, uh mm -hmm. getting
0: the talent on board yeah uh, but it's it's gonna be a great year it's
2: been a heavy negotiation process but boy we're looking at a really cool lineup
0: that was my whole holiday season was just (laughs) negotiating the entire time yeah people were texting me and no i'm not i'm too i gotta make this deal no time uh, to
2: say merry christmas with paul newman's estate and Mm -hmm.
0: uh I can't, I'm not even gonna get into some of the other names, but that's just a, a hint. You've
2: talked to so many lawyers in the, over the last, and time. now we've become friends. So. Yeah, I mean they're yeah, <laughs> they're on your Christmas card list now. <laughs> they, they are, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but speaking of right around the corner, mm-hmm. we've got a certain holiday right around the corner. Oh yeah, the one everyone celebrates, Groundhog, Groundhog Day.
2: Day. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one everyone's talking. This is number three, I think, in the the list of American holidays. Uh, yeah, like yeah, huge, yeah. huge day. Uh, it's
0: Christmas. It's Arbor Day, and then Groundhog Day. Absolutely, we, we all know that. Yeah. Um, when 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 was the first time you saw
2: Groundhog Day? The movie. The movie. I saw not it. The holiday. <laughs> uh, I saw it. I I'm fairly confident I saw this in theaters. I could not tell you who with whom. I feel I don't know I don't know. But okay. it was a
0: the- it was a theater movie. Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Movie. It was it, it was Bill Murray in a funny funny looking movie. It didn't it didn't really have like the romantic comedy schmaltz that like might turn me away in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, listen, my mom bought Ghost on video mm. after it came out, which was in 1990. I watched Ghost a thousand times. <laughs> Back when I was a kid, like we didn't have a ton of movies necessarily, mm-hmm. but we had Ghost, which I think we got from McDonald's for like three bucks. Oh, uh, that was the best. That, those promos, Back to the Future, to Goach, the, yeah. Goach, <laughs> Ghost. <laughs> Goach is Goach. the sequel to Ghost. And then wasn't it like some like Western film, I think? I don't even know what those McDonald's movies there was, were. Did Batman come through McDonald's? Ooh, maybe.
0: I don't, I can't remember. E.T., E.T. A- a- like, a- a- might have. Yeah, I don't know. But so. Guys, uh, it tweeted us what, what, what were your McDonald's movies? What was. It? <laughs> What were your, what were your McDonald's movies? Well, maybe every local
2: McDonald's had different movies. I, 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 you think like all the regional managers throughout America were striking deals with the studios, like, getting their, like everyone here loves Bill and Ted. You know what would go well with this Happy Meal? <laughs> Dances with Wolves. That might have been one of the Slide this double tape into the Happy Meal. <laughs> um but i so watching ghost which is you know it's primarily a love story in a lot of ways uh you know i'm used to seeing uh adults having um interesting romantic uh, relationships and growth so it was part of the charm of bill murray and andy mcdowell mm-hmm. together in the snow i mean, oh forget about it so i don't know who i saw it with i don't know i don't know if it was It was probably some random Saturday afternoon, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, but loved it.
0: I remember when I remember when it came out. Yeah. And I was in a very brief phase of not not watching movies, not being into I was really into like basketball and getting really into sports. So I was just like every time my parents offered like, hey, we rented this movie. Nope. Nope, hard pass.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna watch ESPN. I'm
0: going into my room to watch Sports Center for the seventh time <laughs> today.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna read Sports Illustrated.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I don't need your movies. But he was like ninety two, ninety three. I was I was kind of just out of movies, so I had to catch up on on those movies later. I got invited to my friend Greg's birthday party, and Good old this Greg. is how much of, this is how much of a jerk I was. <laughs> when i found out i was like yeah i'm into greg of course greg's like one of my best friends Mm -hmm. when i found out the party was to go you know as a group to see groundhog day i uh i uninvited myself whoa you rejected it i was like no i don't feel like doing that wow bye i'm too cool for this shit what a jerk (laughs) that guy was a
2: jerk poor greg yeah,
0: and now he knows. So because he, he listens to the show, he didn't so, know um, why you why you dipped out. I just spoiled. it. Spoiler alert, Greg. There you go. Do you think back then you had an excuse, or did you? You're
2: just like, I can't make. I'm not. Gonna, I
0: don't I remember make if I if I maybe fibbed a little bit. But, yeah.
2: Um, oh, shit. Yeah. This could have affected Greg forever. It probably that, did. Yeah. Like, uh oh, John didn't make it. Yeah. Oh no.
0: We we barely talked now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, closer than ever.
2: I uh, understand that having a sort of a. This was your... your, You're establishing your identity. This is me. I like sports. And I'm like, I don't need your thing, whatever that is. I'm not going to the movies. Bug off.
0: Spoiled spoiled only child, you know, so it was kind of like my way or the highway a lot of times. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the only child syndrome is is a tough
1: one sometimes. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So I ended up catching up with this movie later, and I I hadn't really, like, found my love for Bill at -hmm. this point in 93. I had I had already gone through what? the f- the first you know five years of SNL I had caught I had seen a lot of those episodes on like videotape and uh, I really loved all of the, you know those skits but I wasn't like super passionate about Bill yet Wow a few years later fast forward to like ninety six Okay and I had just seen Space Jam and Kingpin. <laughs> Now, say what you will about
2: Space Jam, but Bill in oh. in both of those movies is stellar. Oh yeah, he's he he, sa- he saves the movie for adults. I mean, totally. Lo- Looney Tunes are obviously very funny and but mm-hmm. ad- adults like but Bill Murray makes that film for a lot of Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. He just he just brings he elevates the whole thing for people. Yeah. You can enjoy the rest, eh, but you're talking about Bill at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Space Jam. And then of course Kingpin. That's oh, yeah. That, I I missed that in the theater and I regret that. But I loved uh, as soon as I saw it. I, mm-hmm. It was just a fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so good. So those came
0: out and I was like, "Wow, Bill! Bill's like hitting me hardcore." Wow. And I was working at Suncoast at the time, so you're back, you back boom, boom, on boom. your movies. I just Groundhog Day, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Caddyshack, bottom all. Really? I had like marathons with my friend Greg. Uh-huh. So I came full circle. Uh-huh. We watched it in my other friend Rob's basement. Uh, and we like, I thought it was, Groundhog Day was almost perfect.
2: Wow. Had you, was that those four movies, had you seen any of, it, all of I them? I had
0: seen Stripes when I was younger. Yeah. Loved Ghostbusters when we, you know, when we were like five. And, yeah. And for a few years, but uh, hadn't seen it yet. Any of those in a long time. Yeah. So there was like a seven or eight year gap where I hadn't, I, I needed to rediscover them now that I was a teenager.
2: And then you hadn't seen Growing Hog Day at all. Right. Until you did that. Wow. Right. So then you had your Bill collection.
0: Yeah. And I was just, I was all in. Bill was my, besides Paul Newman, Bill was my number one. Wow. Look at that.
2: You had your, you had I don't your,
0: like to say one is over the other. They're, they're very they're different. They're like co number ones.
2: They're very different. Yeah. They're, they're, they're it's like apples and oranges. Mm hmm. Uh, uh,
0: how could you compare? Well, the way I would do it on a poster would be like the Towering Inferno. Like one name is first, but the other one's above the, you know. Ah, yeah. Like Paul Newman is first, but Bill Murray's above Paul Newman. So.
2: Interesting. Equal billing, basically. Okay, got yeah. it.
0: So that was my, uh, my discovery of, uh, of Groundhog Day. Glad
2: you came around to it.
0: Separately from that. What? Danny Rubin, the writer of the film, was uh, one of my teachers in film school.
2: Oh, so how about that? Yeah,
0: that had to be a treat. It was, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting when I was at the College of Santa Fe. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, Danny was there. He'd only been there, I think, for a few years, and he wasn't a full time faculty member. It was mm-hmm. you know he was living and writing in Santa Fe, and then teaching part time on the side. And mm-hmm. and we did some interesting writing experiments in that class. But at the time, he. He didn't really have that much positive to say about his experience on this. And I've heard at different times, like anybody, I think your perspective changes and um, how you view certain experiences. But at the time, it felt like he had a little more negativity towards the way the project changed from what he he
2: envisioned early on. Yeah, they tore his script apart.
0: Yeah, I mean they they made
2: it they made it their own. They made yeah, it became a, a whole different thing. So yeah, that's that's gonna hurt any writer, right? Like, yeah, like he probably is this. Would, is would he describe this as like a personal story or anything like that? Like no, it did wasn't. he have something to say specifically, or is it just like oh, they took my work and and you know changed it so much?
0: Yeah, it was more of that. I mean, his take was was a lot different than theirs. It was the concept was. You know, completely the same yeah. as a concept, but in the the beat to beat of it, mm-hmm. the tone changed. Oh, right. So it went from more of a dark, dark comedy to more of a light hearted comedy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if you'd call it romantic, but yeah, definitely more of an uplifting right. feeling by the end. It's a happy ending. Yeah, it's spoiler pretty, alert.
2: Yeah, it's an optimistic kind of thing. Yeah, it's not really a romantic comedy. There's a rom- there's a romance in it, but it's not it's not about that. Yeah, you know so.
0: Uh, yeah, because it's sort of like, really like a one-way romance that... <laughs> you yeah, know? very heavily, you know,
2: manipulated, directed
0: yeah. romance. But ends up the way, I guess, where, you know, where fate wants it to be. But it, it takes a hell of a long time getting there. Um, so Danny, just talking about Danny Rubin's history, since sure, this yeah. is the beginning of the project. Uh, he came to L.A. in 1990. He had sold a movie called Hear No Evil. Oh, with that's
2: Mar- with wait martin sheen and danny glover is that right
0: uh i don't think danny glover is danny glover in it <laughs> <laughs> martin sheen and marley matlin marley matlin That's yeah right. hear no evil because she's deaf she can she's she can hear she's a talented actress yes yeah, she is she's great uh but his agent was trying to get him to like get a script that he could use to get his foot in the door with producers and other agents and that they could, they wouldn't actually sell that script, Mm -hmm. but they would just use it as a way to like get him, get meetings set up. Yeah. yeah. So he wrote, he, you know, wrote this basic idea. He, he'd kind of always toyed with the idea of this, of of a person living the same day over and over. Mm -hmm. And he kind of grew that into, into a very, very early draft of groundhog day. And then that's what, his agent would start sending out to people. Hmm. Uh, he toyed with the idea of what's it like to be immortal? Is that, you know, is that actually a good thing or a bad thing? And right. what would it really be like to live the same day over and over and over?
2: Yeah, like if you could have that wish of like, oh, I, I want to live forever. What if you really could live forever? What yeah. What would that be like?
0: Yeah. That, that can't be all good all the time. No. You get bored. It's like the curse of Highlander you know would you would you want to would you want to live that long
2: well if i can cut people's heads off yeah sure that's that's kind of (laughs) dope get great with swords and there there can be only one kill people for for, to 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 bolster my own power yeah thank you um he
0: you know he introduced the dating element to the movie or, or to the story sorry that uh you know how would how would this really affect your dating life that was kind of a big sure, part yeah. of it so as as that kind of worked its way through uh <laughs>
2: how do you get through the dating scene yeah. if you if live forever
0: well yeah. you know a lot of guys that's probably gonna be the first thing they think <laughs> yeah uh and the genius idea that he had was to center it around a holiday because he knew i mean Movies that are centered around holidays are always marketable. Right. There's always a time, a, you know, one time a year that it's going to come up. Especially the better the movie is, the more popular it's going to be. Yeah. And he chose a holiday that no movie had ever used before.
2: Yeah, brilliant.
0: I mean, is there another movie that has anything to do with Groundhog
2: Day? <laughs> I don't think so. You How can't... many
0: people knew about Groundhog Day before the movie?
2: Oh, Five.
0: Five, at least five, probably five people.
2: It's it was known, and no one gives a sh- no one cares about yeah. Groundhog Day, right? But not he really. was right because now every every year you're talking Groundhog Day, yeah, uh, yeah. If it was just if this movie was just called May 12th, this would not <laughs> have had the like.
0: Oh it's May It's May 11th so We better get that let's, We gotta watch it tomorrow It's
2: May 12th tomorrow Oh man I just got May 12th I feel like I'm living in May 12th Hashtag May 12th Let's, let's get that movie let's, made Let's go
0: You know what it's about um, He wrote the movie in about in about seven weeks, uh, well, sorry, he, he worked out the concept in about seven weeks, but it only took him about four days to write the whole script. He banged it out. So that, I, you know, that a lot of writers work that way that'll take a while to get the ideas and the, you know, the concept all and the arcs kind of worked out. Yeah. And then actually like putting it to paper sometimes can be a, a
2: quicker process. Yeah, because if you know where everyone is and where they're going to end up, you just, you're just filling in the blanks with dialogue and interesting You know Interesting set pieces Or whatever So he knew He knew exactly How to plug it all in He's a talented guy Yeah Four days Good writer Banging out Yeah So two months Had a complete script Uh, Yeah
0: basically yeah Hot damn So it's floating around And you know It's going from agent To agent to agent Like many scripts do So many don't even get made It's just They just float around town Yeah Uh, But it ends up Getting Harold Ramis And Trevor Albert Uh, They And they liked it they saw mm-hmm. something in it so the original script it started actually in the middle of the story
2: like phil's already it's where going day to day yeah and he's already sorry he's already in it he's yeah. like
0: he's been in it okay for a while um i believe it started with somewhere around the scene where he's sitting on the park bench and he sees the uh security guards drive up to the bank oh yeah and uh, and Phyllis comes up and they drop the roll of quarters It's like that somewhere right around there where uh, he's yeah. he's just predicting everything mm-hmm. and then you you that's where you meet up with him, oh uh, okay, and then he's sort of telling the story uh what happened prior to that I see that's a nice hook yeah like and it was like I think it was done through narration, like
2: phil himself so like would be or yeah he like Phil's or?
0: narrating the story, yeah, yeah. So
2: yeah, meeting a character in the middle of this, his existential kind of weird thing going on, and then working backwards—it's that's uh, that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, that would have been an interesting script. But it was much more of a dark comedy. Mm -hmm. I mean, there
0: was there was just a lot more of the dramatic side. Really, the only pieces of that that you see in in this version is when he's like killing himself. I see. But there was the Danny Rubin version had a lot more of that
2: kind of stuff going a lot of, on a lot of darkness
0: well i mean if you were we'll get into this later but if you were living that yeah. you would go through many changes
2: <laughs> yeah if you could have no consequences what would you try what would you do right right kind of thing yeah, yeah. Uh, so like you would do you would do a lot of great things but mm-hmm. but knowing like you can do the things you would never do and it's and, human and, nature to like yeah you'd experiment
0: with things yep so huh um, but one one other little tidbit out of that script was uh, Rita apparently had revealed that she was also in her own time loop. Oh, so and then I, I think that kind of like is more towards the end of the story when that I comes see. out. But
2: so he goes through it, finds some happiness or whatever, mm-hmm. gets out of the time loop. Yeah, I think is... the ending
0: is. I I believe the ending is similar. Interesting. Yeah. In the second draft of the script, they actually revealed what caused the time loop, which one of the genius things of the movie is, I I think, not revealing that. Yeah. That there's no explanation.
2: You don't, yeah, you don't need it.
0: Yeah, you don't. I don't, I mean, it doesn't matter. You may wonder, but I don't need it for the story.
2: That's what, did you ever see What Women Want with Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt? Uh, What year did that come out? 2000. Nope. You weren't seeing movies in 2000? Nope. Is that because of the podcast and we yep. don't talk about movies from 2000? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we can do 2000, but you can't do 2001. Oh, right? yeah. That, that's right. <laughs> no, I didn't see that one. But, like, so, you know, the conceit is uh, this chauvinistic kind of um, uh, ad executive or whatever. He thinks he's likable. He's a womanizer, but he's cool, and he thinks he's great. And then he suddenly gains the ability to hear women's thoughts, only female thoughts. But they should... And then that changes his perspective, and real, he realizes no one likes him at all. Um, he But he got that power because of an electrical storm or... No, no, like uh, uh, he's in the shower or the tub or something, and then an accident happens. He gets electrocuted. He survives, but then he has this And then he loses the power. The,
0: you should see the face I just made.
2: <laughs> then... I saw this movie in the theater, by the way. This movie made a ton of money. Oh, good. I'm glad you saw
0: this movie in the
2: theater. This this is what I'm paying paying ticket prices for. Um, But, of course, he's going to lose that power eventually. And he's running through, like, Chinatown in Chicago. And there's, like, an electrical storm. And then he sees a Chinese woman in the distance, like, staring at him. And then like a lightning store happens blows a transformer he gets electrocuted again loses his power like they added this weird mysticism thing well now your powers are gone because you've learned all your lessons but it's ridiculous I was like why 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 did you do any of this why did you Ugh. like a ch- I'm, I'm almost confident I could be maybe I'm thinking of another movie but it's I'm I'm sure like an old Chinese woman like looks at him and then like understands what's happening and then like takes his powers away from it's crazy that is terrible I don't... <laughs> that's well I'm... that's making the mistakes that this movie didn't <laughs> yeah like that well that's what they like they need like he's got a power how did he get it i don't know lightning yeah <laughs> uh, electricity yeah. ac that's power always like that's ridiculous <laughs> anyway so yeah kuda but to to that movie's credit it made like 182 million dollars mm-hmm. in 2000
0: well, that was you know, Ellen Mel's Hunt? movies were Mel. still doing really well, and Helen Hunt was coming off of as good as it gets, probably yeah. right. Oscar
2: winner, yeah. mad about you, all this, yeah. Emmy winner, Oscar winner, Emmy, Oscars, but anyway, Tonys. I just the the talking about how like there's no real reason, or, there's no uh, or, or, there's no physical reason why this happens. We don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know philosophically why this happens to him, but you don't need a actual like explanation. Well,
0: in the second draft of the script, they did
2: put one in. What?
0: And it was... So when... Now, I, I don't know the exact timeline of this draft. They have, may have already moved away from the starting in the middle. Uh-huh. Because when he's in the news station, he's, it starts with him breaking up with his girlfriend. Uh-huh. She turns around and puts a curse on him. <laughs> that a curse. he has to live the same day for 10,000 days.
2: Oh, where did she get that power?
0: Oh, she looked at yeah, she just went to like a psychic or something. <laughs> that is bananas. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad they dropped that. Yeah. So um that, that's uh, hysterical. Ramus sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh Harold Ramis thankfully uh was the one to to really push to drop that. I wonder if she I was... think that was something that the studio was uh that Columbia they, they want it, wanted right? in there they yeah. like they needed a tangible like well, why would this happen
2: you got to so, explain it that's exactly. like that's the classic note like explain why this is happening. like the yeah. rest of the movie explains it for you you don't you can't <laughs> have an imagination <laughs> yeah, like, things What's just that? don't happen things other things happen to make things happen and we have to show them and not tell them
0: yeah so uh so yeah thankfully Harold had the uh, clout and the ability to kind of get rid of that
2: what if what if uh what if Columbia had the idea uh back in the day? Well, where do ghosts come from though? Who created ghosts? And then you have to explain all the ghosts in Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, there's got to be a reason. I'm sure there like who's in control of all of this? No, mm-hmm. no, we're not talking about it. Ghosts just exist.
0: I was going to start making fun of the new Ghostbusters, but I opted against it. You stop that. <laughs> you stop because I'll stop you. I'll punch you. <laughs> um so and then through this through this draft of the script they were making phil more of a likable guy as the as the movie goes on mm-hmm. not so negative he he you know transitioned to much more of an optimistic hopeful you know he's kind of just dealing with it yeah like that's in the third act of the movie he's he's accepted that this is what's happening and he's going to keep trying and he's not gonna you know he's just gonna keep going for it and he and he Changes as that happens. Yeah, so that he's not like trying to do these good things; he's just doing them now.
2: Yeah, he's doing it for for himself. Well, he's doing it for others. Right, he's doing good things for others. Right, right. Um, well, and even the general Phil uh, character, while he isn't like really, he's not. He's not like the. He's not a villain in any way. He's just kind of a kind of an asshole. No, but, yeah, he's an but, asshole. But, but like, not. He's not. I kind of expected upon rewatching this. I haven't seen it in years kind of expected him to be more of an unlikable asshole but it's not like he wasn't that i mean he's kind of a dick but everyone was just sort of like yeah that's but that's his thing that's his jag like well I, he doesn't he doesn't ruin people's day you know he can be a dick to someone but they're just like yeah whatever like you're yeah, like not Chris that elliot keeps blowing
0: him off like, yeah, yeah like
2: he's, he's not that important to like ruin their day with a with a quip or an insult or whatever
0: well i think that's where the the casting of bill murray was so important yeah because that's bill's thing like in all of those in Ghostbusters Mm -hmm. Stripes he's a dick but a lovable dick (laughs) yeah
2: I think so it's that
0: charm that that you can't like dislike him
2: but I feel like it's more like uh, I was expecting more of like the characters the older Bill Murray kind of plays where his dickishness is kind of like affect like the characters he seems to play are a little more affected by him Mm -hmm. in a sense instead of him just being in his own world like hating himself kind of just being negative a little bit, but mm-hmm. charming and, and like, kind of cool. Like, I don't know. So it was, it was, it was like a breath of fresh air to, like, oh, this is, this is old. This is younger Bill Murray mm-hmm. doing that, that I like. Like, this is what won, won me over this kind of character. Mm-hmm. Your Ghostbusters, your Stripes, your <clears throat> Groundhog Day. Well, uh, well, this was like his,
0: his biggest acting stretch to this point, wasn't it?
2: Um, yeah, maybe I mean, as far as sort of like a
0: he's got like an, a range in performance in this movie, whereas Stripes, Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters yeah. 2, Scrooged. I mean, Scrooged, he kind of does, but only at the very, very end. Right. Um, you know, what about Bob? There's not really a huge arc for like for the character. Right. This one, there is. Uh, yeah. He's got to go from that smarmy jerk in the beginning to this truly good likable person by the end
2: yeah it is funny how like the the negativity and, and dickishness does disappear from him entirely he's a totally new version of himself mm-hmm. um it, it, yeah he pulls it and he pulls it off like he's genuinely warm and nice and loving and he takes his time getting that like i do you, you buy
0: the you buy the transition
2: yeah it makes sense it's uh
0: and I'm glad the movie ends there because I don't really want to see Phil after that. I don't want to see nice Phil. Yeah, Phil's not that interesting <laughs> anyway, right? Um, so, who are some of the who are some of the folks that were on the creative team? For um, this
2: one? you mentioned uh, Harold Ramis. Mm-hmm. He did. He directed this. Who? Movie, right? He d- also. What, what What else did he direct? Um,
0: let's see. Maybe something you can find in our archives.
2: Oh, what did we talk about? Um, Maybe our second it, mm, episode. It was Escape from New York, I he, think. Yes, that's the one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Yep. Dig it out in our archives, Uh HTTPS colon slash slash. Yeah, backslash, backslash. Yeah, yeah. Forward
2: Sorry. We're on a secure
0: HTTP. Yeah, that's yeah. Hypertext protocol. Yeah, you've got a hack in hypertext the transfer
2: protocol. Excuse me, God. <laughs> secure. Uh, yeah, you did that. Ghostbusters. Yeah, wrote uh, wrote and co-starred in
0: Ghostbusters.
2: Caddyshack.
0: Caddyshack. Yep. Big time. <laughs> Caddyshack. <laughs> what else did he do? Uh, he's coming off Club Paradise. Oh yeah. Uh, he wrote Armed and Dangerous. Love that movie, Caddyshack Two, eh. Ghostbusters Two. Those are those are the projects that he's like coming right into, heading into this
2: movie. So he had written them, and they were made. Yes, and then and they now, happened. and they happened. <laughs> and Unfortunately, were some of those. Yeah, I don't know how some of those aged. Not that well. I really like Armed and Dangerous. I don't know what everyone's problem with this movie is. I watched Levy it I watched, Candy? I watched it like 3 years ago and it was Meg? I loved it as a kid, but uh-huh. now Is ooh, it just not, is it just not it
0: as just as well? doesn't work, yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah. We'll, we'll we'll cover that one. We'll get there. <laughs> Candy Shack 2, we're certainly going to cover that. I, w- I will not. Ghostbusters 2? No.
2: It it'll always remain in the top spot in our hearts. Don't worry. <laughs> we don't need to do an episode. Everyone knows. But uh do.
0: yeah, Harold by this point is pretty much moved out of the acting category and full-time into the writing and directing yeah he's behind the
2: behind the camera
0: yeah behind the lens
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, of course bill who uh goes without saying bill, bill murray. murray originally the uh role of phil was offered to tom hanks and michael keaton Ooh,
2: oh keaton i know ah
0: keaton both of those would have been interesting movies Hard to buy Hanks as a jerk, though.
2: Uh, Maybe. Maybe then. I don't know. Ninth, now you, we're talking like Hanks. 1993,
0: 92, 93 Hanks.
2: 93 Hanks as a jerk. This is like Joe versus a the volcano is, Hanks.
1: Like He's
2: not that jerky. Phil isn't that terrible of a guy. He's just kind of like put upon. He's just kind of yeah. like, you know. He's smarmy. Yeah, but not. His ego is that he's the weatherman as though he's a celebrity and no one gives a shit like i don't know maybe hanks could have done it yeah, i think I mean, hanks, i'm sure they would have done great you're, you're it, not but. wrong you're not wrong like i mean bill's the great the best choice he he takes that role and runs with it so
0: well the funny part was when hanks read it mm-hmm. he told ramus he's like you need to put bill murray here Did he really? this is bill murray <laughs> yeah, yeah he's yeah. like bill's like an asshole all the time <laughs> right <so>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah huh good suggestion yeah
0: uh, Michael Keaton. I think would have at this point would have probably done really well with yes. it. Yes,
2: oh, I'd love to see Keaton do that. Yeah, this this movie. That'd but I th-
0: I think by the time they went to Keaton, Murray was in the picture. Yeah, and I think you know with his connection with Harold Ramis at that point, it was yeah, it was kind of like yeah, let, let's let's do it, let's go, cool. Uh, Andy McDowell, our old friend Andy McDowell, that lady. She was just here in the studio just the other day. She was visiting. yeah, just the other just day. Dro- dropped by for. She heard we were going to cover the movie, and uh, she wanted to wish place. us luck. She brought a
2: basket.
1: Of,
0: always, uh, as she always does.: Edible arrangements. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you. We're working through that pineapple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, she was a model who uh, transitioned into acting in the late '80s. Uh, she was in Sex Lies, and Videotape. Your favorite movie of all time? Green Card. Green Card. I know you yeah, with Gerard Depardieu. Mhm. <laughs> uh, Hudson Hawk and Ooh. The Player.
2: Uh, who's in The Player? The Player? Yeah.
0: Tim Robbins? Tim Robbins. Thank Come you. Come on. Yeah. Um, uh,
2: so I couple... it was Judge Reinhold, I don't know.
0: <laughs> They're basically the same They're person. They
2: basically the same guy.
0: <laughs> one went one way, the other went the other way. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, so that's a couple couple good movies there. Yeah. A couple not-so-great movies. Hudson Hawk. Love to cover that one. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then we've got kind of a, a great supporting lineup here. Beautiful. Really Sporting. familiar faces through the 90s just yeah. popping, and still through today. Yeah. Uh, Chris Elliott, kind of before – he had done Get a Life by this point, right? I think Does so. He get a
2: Life like 90, 92? That could be right. I want to say 92. Um people know who chris Elliott was he's a he was 1990 yeah so i mean he was on he started out on letterman right uh i think so yeah as a letterman player yeah he he
0: was like a uh, i wouldn't say he's a cast member but he was a writer and and, and doing bits on it all the time yeah yeah um and then he did uh yeah did get a life on fox and which was an underrated
2: and mostly forgotten show yeah, I'd be interested to to watch that now because I I as a kid I didn't really get it, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to like think it's funny, but I didn't get the comedy. I was not smart at ten years old. Sure <laughs> but, you were. I I, I bet you. Were. But he was a known comedic uh, quantity, mm-hmm. you know. So
0: yeah, and and sort of a, yeah, it felt like he was a rising star at that point. Yeah, but I think it got to a point where I, I think. Hollywood didn't know what to do with him. He was they tried Cabin Boy and oh, right. that didn't really work out as a lead. Yeah. So and then I think he went back to I think he went to S N L
2: for a season. Yeah, for I think for a year. Yeah, which was a, I think I want to say
0: it was after this.
2: Yes. I think it was like mid nineties. Yeah, like
0: ninety four or something yeah. like that. The almost Will Ferrell years. Almost. Almost. Wow. Uh Brian Doyle Murray, of course, who's in a lot of the Big comedies of the 80s Yep uh, Bill's often, brother often of along
2: with Bill
0: Yeah Most He's in some of Bill's movies Yeah Not all Not all But then of course He shows up in them Right But he was in he Vacation in- Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. Wayne's World Yeah Mr. Shirley Right mm-hmm. Wayne's World Yeah mm-hmm. uh, I love Brian Doyle Murray and, and you still see him pop up Here mm-hmm. and there He was just on Veep either last season or the one before that and i almost didn't recognize him because i mean he is older now but he doesn't look i mean he he aged very quickly through the 80s like if you look at him in vacation and caddyshack Uh and then you look at him in christmas vacation which was only like six years between them he looks you know he's heavier he's bald he's got the mustache
2: wow yeah Huh. and that was like his look that through was his the 90s look. yeah
0: but if you rewind to the like late 70s early 80s it looks like a totally different guy yeah i
2: mean yeah him and caddy shack like it's just he's just a, a normal looking dude like mm-hmm. does he doesn't have that look to him yeah but he sounds exactly the same yeah
0: like <laughs> if i'm gonna buy say a brian doyle murray action figure yeah i'm gonna want to buy it from like christmas vacation <laughs> yeah you him, know him and his pajamas <laughs> his pajamas and the mustache yeah uh but yeah he's got a small role here. Yeah. Steven Tobolowski. wonderful. needle Ned, Ned the head. Yeah. Tobolowsky oh. is such a great He's so good whether I... it's comedy or drama.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean he was great on Deadwood and Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and you know so many movies he was in. He was in Spaceballs, wasn't he?
2: Uh He wasn't
0: when he says Wait, there's that the him? stunt doubles, is that him? He's like, that's not them. That's the stunt doubles. No, that's not him. That is him. Is it? Look it up.
2: No way. We're gonna, we're, David's going to. I don't believe it. Pull up the. Pull no, up he, the he might be in Space recon, Balls, but that's not. Reconputer. Him. I'm going to look at up. the Recon Cinemation database. The official Reconputer. Reconputer. Um, but he is. Um, you know, is his. Uh, oh, he is in Space Balls. Yeah. Captain of the Guard. Captain of the Guard, exactly. Check it out, That's everybody. I, I think probably because he's just not wearing his glasses. That... Yeah. Because no well, I would agree, like, his inflection and voice, I'm like, that kind of is Stephen Gisdowelski, but I'm like, that can't be him. He's yeah. not wearing his glasses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a very young, you know, he looks much younger, too. Yeah. Um, a very young Michael Shannon in this movie. Yeah, I Did couldn't he...
2: believe it. I,
0: I caught that a couple years
2: ago. Uh-huh. Like, that guy, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's Michael Shannon. Yeah, he plays the guy who's going to get married to his yeah to his fiancee on the day, yeah. <laughs> and you meet him randomly in the diner, and then you see them married uh, in the in the final act. Yeah, and I was like, "That's Michael Shannon. That's crazy." What was so when beautiful. did when did Shannon
0: really like get popular? Because this was such. It seems like there's such a long gap between 2010.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. It <laughs> wasn't that long
0: ago. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had like a serious gap between doing this movie and then we didn't see him again for I don't years. know
2: I mean yeah he I mean I guess he would show up on on random stuff but he didn't have boy, yeah. oh yeah well, he was he was in chain reaction with Keanu Reeves oh yes <laughs> <laughs> but well, no he, one of my
0: favorite trailers of all time
2: hey it he was in he's in Pearl Harbor sure Kangaroo Jack Bad Boys 2 oh, we all know that <laughs> Kangaroo Jack
0: uh boy what's the first one where he's like the first thing that he's known for oh shit Scroll around.
2: Um, oof. Jonah Hex? No. <laughs>
1: Jonah. Mud? No. Maybe. I mean, was
2: it Boardwalk Empire
0: where he started to get popular, and then he did the Superman movie?
2: Yeah, I guess that it's got to be. I guess Boardwalk Empire is what really made him a name. Yeah, and then yeah, uh, and then super. Well, Superman was what? I don't know. Twelve. 13? I don't know. Some bullshit. Yeah. So, no, I think, yeah, he was that known quantity, that guy from – I think that's what people say. He's he's from Boardwalk Empire. And like, I think most
0: people say he's that guy from Groundhog Day.
2: I'm sure. He's the guy in the diner. <laughs> uh,
0: and then we've got the, the two guys that he runs into in the diner and the bowling alley and mm-hmm. uh, at the bar – Rick Overton and Rick Dukeman—is that how you sp- how you pronounce it? I'm gonna go with that Dukeman. Duk- Duk- Dukeman, who just Duk- just Duk-man? passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh but he, R. both R. of those guys are in so many movies. Yeah. They're two more faces that you just you've seen, you'd recognize them if you saw them. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, they're good. Just utility support players mm-hmm. in, in anything, you know their faces. Yeah, <laughs>
0: lots of commercials and and small parts, and usually. Usually comedies like Rick Overton was in Beverly Hills Cop and mm-hmm. uh, just a bunch of movies. And yeah, Rick Dukeman was in Last Boy Scout and I think Beverly Hills Cop Two. So everything cir- circles back to Beverly Hills Cop. Um, that's uh, my theory holds water.
2: <laughs> I think you're right, but also, um, you know the psych the psychiatrist that uh, mm-hmm. he goes to see Dave Pisquezzi. Which I didn't know he was in that. I just had no idea. Um, Who uh, shows up in all sorts of things, and he's a Chicago improv comedy guy, uh, just a huge. And of course, pro- most people probably would know him from Veep mm-hmm. as the the, the ex husband to Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, but, um, it was just it was so weird to see him, and I'm like, oh, just crazy. I love this. Um, I hadn't
0: seen him in anything till Veep, and yeah, I was like, oh my god, it's the guy from Groundhog
2: Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Ken Hudson Campbell, the guy he meets in the hallway. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. That, from, yeah.
0: From Herman's Head? Herman's Head. <laughs> <laughs> and, Armageddon? and Armageddon. No, no, wait. Is no. Armageddon Con Air? I think so it's Arm- Con Air.
2: It's not Armageddon. You sure? Is it?
0: You've got the recomputer out. Check it.
2: Wait. Oh, wait.
0: I'm going to go Armageddon. It's I'll not... put $5,000 oh, on yeah. Armageddon. I'm sorry. It is Armageddon. You know, five grand. Cashier's check. <laughs> <laughs> actually cod i'll take that cod all right fair enough um
2: so yeah great lot of yeah. just so many oh, oh also robin duke yeah uh, as the uh the snl waitress. alumni snl SCTV. yeah um and a few other movies that she's de- i've definitely seen her in but, but it's just it's just great to see uh talented people just yeah bringing color um, Making the the town of Punxsutawney more colorful Mm -hmm. and and fun. Yeah, yeah. You You got
0: three SNL graduates here. Yeah. Bill Murray, Brian Doyle Murray, and Robin Duke. Yeah. Uh, Just great, great cast all the way through. Yeah. Uh, They shot the movie in Woodstock, Illinois. Oh, Uh, not Punxsutawney? No. They went to Punxsutawney to check it out. But I guess apparently it didn't have a town square Uh, that really was filmable. Yeah, yeah. At least at the time,
1: yeah.
0: it may have changed by now. But uh, they went to Illinois, where Hal Ramos was really familiar with you know how to shoot in in the in the state of Illinois. It's very
2: it's much different than anywhere else. It,
0: totally different. You can't. The rules are just they go <laughs> the out the rules window. Rules are different
2: <laughs> here in Illinois. You know,
0: down here in Illinois, <laughs> we do things a little differently. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they found Woodstock and and uh, shot the movie there. The uh town representatives were apparently very peeved. Yeah, uh, that they were snubbed.
2: Uh, yep, they but they, were sh-
0: they have a shit town, so <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they ended up <laughs> coming to uh, Woodstock to kind of check it out, and yeah. and eventually gave it their uh, stamp of approval.
2: Uh, that explains why the one jewelry store is called Woodstock Jewelry St- in the Square. I think it's mm-hmm. like I, for whatever reason that just stood out to me while I was rewatching it. There we go woodstock why yeah yeah well just i don't know you you, i i tend to notice things in the background Mm -hmm. a little more like oh did did someone write did someone create that or whatever Mm -hmm. you know you gotta you gotta pick the name of the stores and stuff but they just use the the name and there you have it which is such an interesting anecdote
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh they raised uh cast as the groundhog as as Punk's Tawny Phil, mm-hmm. they cast a family of real groundhogs who oh. are, who were trained uh specifically to be in, in this movie, apparently. Oh. And they named all of them, the entire family, Scooter. Scooter.
1: Think okay. And good old
0: good old Scoot bit uh bit Bill Murray twice.
2: Yeah, in the car. Yep. In the, when they're driving. Yep. Yeah. Legendary. Legendary story. Not a lot of actors bite Bill Murray.
0: <laughs> but Scooter got away so with it. Scooter did and bill had to get a damn rabies shot yep that'd be a pain that would be well i don't know i've never gotten a rabies shot
2: it's a real pain in the arse (laughs) is that that where they give it to you i thought so in the the butt maybe back in the maybe back in the day maybe now i don't know i feel like you'd have to get a shot in the ass a couple times (laughs) it's gotta it's gotta happen (laughs) at some point
0: Uh, this this movie had to be tough to film. I imagine. With the repetition of doing, you know, there's sequences in it that they do take after take after take of him, like, learning, you know, where he's studying her, basically, yeah. and, like, learning what she likes and doesn't like mm-hmm. and trying to master that and win her over. Just doing different, uh, I think it's it's a little bit different than the way, like, Stanley Kubrick would do it. Oh, okay. Where he'd do 80 takes of a scene like the same way and actors would go insane like they're on the set. (laughs) Like Scatman Crothers and Shelley Duvall and probably many
2: other people. but. But like there's so many different, there's a lot of similar shots of him going into, say, the town square, but then there's alternate angles for different scenes. And it's all pretty consistent in terms of cloud cover and all that, like just sort of the drabness of it. Uh, of course, you can, you know you light for that and whatever, but um and, and and fix it in post. But I mean, it looked really good. Like, and you have to use a lot of the the same as many of the same extras with the same outfits, mm-hmm. same order every time. Now, you know? It
0: had to be boring for them because they would be doing the same action over and over and it, over. Yeah, yeah. But Bill and and Andy McDowell, to an extent, would be able to play it differently each each ta- take because it's that's the story. Yeah, yeah. Not like with Kubrick where it's like. You're just trying to pull something out of an actor, mm-hmm. There's one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's like, like he's regular Phil, and then he's more pissed, and then he's confused, and then he's, yeah, you know, there's a different uh, motivation.
2: <laughs> Imagine if Kubrick, ninety three Kubrick, did Groundhog Day with the original script. Like this, this thing would be insane. They'd still be shooting it. <laughs> this one movie would be dark <laughs> and crazy. Just. <laughs>
0: It would very, be a lot like Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. Maybe him and Danny Rubin would
2: have hit it off yeah. and uh, they would have uh... too, too bad Ramus got to it first. Ah, he ruined everything. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick's groundhog day. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit.
0: <laughs> and as they're as they're filming the movie, they're they're doing a lot of rewrites mm. and and taking the script uh away from more, further and further away from Danny's original vision of the more darker story and making more a little more the comedy is a little more on the nose you know it's uh the, there's jokes yeah there's there's jokes and bits and you know the two the two drunk guys is you know just kind of out and out comedy yeah yeah on the surface so mm-hmm. uh well done by them but
2: everything's well done
0: so the the tragedy of this filmmaking process is that there was some personal stuff going on for Bill at the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he was. I think he was getting a divorce or soon to be, get to a divorce, and yeah, he was just apparently a very, very unhappy kind of miserable guy to be around on the set. Mm-hmm. I don't. He wasn't always that way, but during this particular movie, yeah. Uh, and Harold and him were just really combative, and I think they wanted the same they had the same vision in mind but just they weren't getting along uh working it out
1: mm-hmm. so
0: harold would end up sending bill to go talk to danny to go work on rewrites
2: and while they were out of the room like harold would do what he wanted
1: oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah,
2: yeah. I, I i yeah i got the sense though like through some of this this the the um oral history of it that it's like bill sort of liked more of the darker stuff the darker side the the more thought-provoking things about this kind of thing the philosophy and where harold was just trying to keep it light all the time as you know that because that was his vision of it so i think it that that's where they butt heads like this is the start of bill kind of going into a new direction yes. as an actor yes um and like this is this movie though prevents him from really because if you you can do groundhog you can do this story so many different ways mm-hmm. and really get to the meat of it just like ruben's script was such a particular thing so i can see why bill would be attracted to that original idea yeah and then kind of like why can't we add a little drama here add a little darkness and i'm sure that created a lot of tension between them
0: yeah well i mean let's let's talk about that for a minute let's let's like look at bill's career yeah you know he starts on he's he's in second city Mm -hmm. he goes to snl He's on there for five years. He comes straight out of that. He's super popular. Goes straight into Caddyshack, Stripes, Meatballs, so Mm -hmm. pure, you know, pure comedies. Does Ghostbusters, right? Which makes him the big. He's like the number one star. I mean, that movie was huge. Yeah, that was was like beyond huge. It was it was an enormous hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was like the number one star. From, you know, I don't know what rank he would have been before that, but kind of skyrocketed to the top. Yeah. And I don't think that was something he wanted at the time, at least.
2: No, he, well, he wanted to, He really was trying to be an artist, right? I mean, didn't he only agree to do Ghostbusters if they produced Razor's with, Edge? Razor's Edge, yeah. which is a more. Which was a
0: complete drama. Yeah. Very serious,
2: uh, you know, just a more of a deep thinking kind of movie, right. spiritual movie. So, he, I mean, he's already been on his way to want it to be, to have meaty roles mm-hmm. and, and do something interesting. and challenge. Comedy is easy for Bill. He doesn't, you know. Well, he's, I mean, essentially playing himself in a lot of these situations. Right. Yeah.
0: Which works great in a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, and he's had different points of his career where he really wanted to go more of a dramatic route. So he did Ghostbusters, huge hit, does Razor's Edge disaster of a movie that very few people have actually not very few but it's not a very commonly seen film yeah i don't think i know anybody who's seen it i haven't seen it
2: i've never seen it
0: it's not readily available anywhere on your your uh
2: your platforms it's uh it's we can rent it on prime video for how much i'm gonna click um if you have Prime, it's just streaming for free. Really? Yeah. Well then I will check it out. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> you just blew my mind. Denim Elliott's in that. Teresa Russell. Yeah. So
0: go for it. Uh so- and then after that he does he takes a break from acting. He like leaves the business except for one cameo in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh yeah. Which was great. Uh but he takes himself out of everything. He moves to Paris. He... Kind of just tries to clear his head and figure out how to deal with this popularity that now he's got forever because of Ghostbusters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Comes back, Scrooge does his comeback movie. Been That's a hit. a hit. That's a hit. Right into go- embracing the celebrityness, goes right into Ghostbusters two, mm-hmm. which was a financial hit. Not so great of a movie.
2: Yeah, no. And Then right into Quick Change. Yeah, yeah. Quick Change, what about which was, Bob?
0: and mm-hmm. what about Bob, which weren't you know. He was on the decline there,
1: hmm.
0: you know, they're from, bad, from, they're not hits, but right? They're, they're solid movies, but they're not like a list movies, sure, sure, which I think he was hoping for at the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then Groundhog Day is following those up. So he's in this period of like the movie, the last couple haven't been so successful. He was very unhappy on Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they all th- admit that it was a forced thing. They weren't. They didn't really have a well, you know, thought out idea that they wanted to do. It was just the studio was pushing them to make a sequel, and they finally just gave in and did it. Huh. Uh, so, you know, I could see why he's looking for something else to do, something more dramatic, something different. Yeah. This and is
2: this sort of high concept movie, mm-hmm. a sci-fi movie, really. You're right. This is this is hard sci-fi. Sci-fi. You'd put it so you if you had a video store, <laughs> yeah,
0: you'd put it in sci-fi horror.
2: Si- <laughs> yeah, sci-fi because yeah, of course they're always lumped together. You like to make a case for every movie to be in sci-fi. It's horror. Sci-fi horror. Yeah, there's always an element. <laughs> this Tootsie. Mm-hmm. another bill murray classic oh yeah tootsie to he's like just in i think he's in it only a couple of a couple of scenes well, he, in he that, took right? his
0: name off the credits on that one did he really yeah oh shit because he was so he didn't want he didn't want people to think it was a bill murray movie oh. and seeing his name would have drawn people like oh when where's the bill murray part? All right
2: and his part's so small yeah all right okay interesting yeah so he's not in like the promotional Mm-mm. i guess that makes sense
0: he might be in a trailer yeah. but he's not his name's not on the poster
2: that makes sense. He's not really a that, good He doesn't Bill. really matter. Good for Bill. He, yeah. knows, he, knows where, he knows his place. He knows where
0: he is. Uh, and then after this, this was like for feels like a long time was the last really good movie he did as a lead up until this? Rushmore. Yeah. Groundhog Day. Yeah. We're talking about Groundhog Day. The We're doing movie, a show on Groundhog Day. The movie
2: Day. Groundhog Day. <laughs> well, wait. Uh, Rushmore I mean, was only a few years later.
0: though. Rushmore was 98, 99. This is the beginning of 93. All right. So okay. it's almost, about six years.
2: All right. But he was he showed up in so much stuff. Yeah. Like he's he said, Space I
0: mean, Jam, Kingpin, Kingpin. But those aren't he's not the leads of those movies.
2: Right. Well, he was the man who knew too little, right? Bomb of a movie. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah. Wasn't there one larger than life? That was another one. That's another one, yeah. Not <laughs> good.
1: Okay. So he's uh, bouncing around. So
0: Rushmore, when he gets to Rushmore, that's like his... And that movie goes over so well and is so popular. That's a career changing role, yeah. and why he's been so loyal to Wes Anderson since then. Yeah, yeah. That that was that took him back to an upper echelon and respectable, and and a comedic but also dramatic role. That now he's getting Oscar and Golden Globe nominations and yep. um, a lot of just a lot more of respect as an actor.
2: Yeah. So, you know, Ramus was part of his early career and mm-hmm. making a name for himself as a comedic actor. Yeah. Um, and then it was Wes Anderson that sort of this, the second part of his career. Yeah. And now, I mean, and then it became a point where you can just do whatever the hell he wants. Oh, yeah. And now and that was forever. But he
0: literally just shows up anywhere he wants. Just we we all know what Bill's up to. So. Oh,
2: my God. I mean, Bill Murray showing up in a Parks and Rec episode. Mm hmm. And Angie Tribeca. And Angie Tribeca. <laughs> I love, oh, my God. It was unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, the fact that he, they could get him <laughs> on yeah. the phone, to, and you got to call
0: that eight hundred number. <laughs> yeah,
2: you got to get him. So, but
0: uh, uh, but yeah. So it's it's really like a turning point in his career, and it's kind of the end of his. It's unfortunately the end of his relationship with Harold Ramis, and yeah. and that's a real sad thing that they had. I mean, the movies they did together were were some of their best stuff was together. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Bill obviously has had. A longer career than than harold and and especially as an actor yeah um and he's had other great roles but i mean yeah. caddyshack ghostbusters stripes. groundhog day stripes were all like some of the still bill's top movies
2: yeah and, and you know harold his, plays his good friend in like two of those right stripes yeah he's, and he's got a
0: cameo in groundhog day yeah,
2: cameo in groundhog day yeah so uh, but I
0: think you know it was it was a bummer that Harold had just kind of had it and with Bill's attitude and yeah. and it wasn't a very commonly known thing. I mean I I didn't really think I just I didn't really put too much thought into like hey they haven't worked together in a while. It just felt like their careers went different ways. Yeah. But uh yeah, years ago I I discovered there was actually heat between them. Yeah and only got resolved uh on Harold's deathbed. Yeah, right. Which is the that <laughs> awful. I mean, at least they did, you know, make peace like yeah. basically as Harold was was passing away and yeah. and it was Brian Doyle Murray who you know, told Bill he's like Harold's Harold's dying. You got to
2: you got to come see him. him. Yeah, yeah. And then he nice uh sort of eulogy for him the oscars it's, yeah it's, you know just a which nice honor we'll
0: post a, a link to that if you haven't seen it it was especially knowing that they hadn't spoken for so long yeah. the fact that bill took a minute and went rogue on, on the oscars telecast yeah. and uh did a little shout out to harold ramus i thought that was i thought that was beautiful yeah
2: yeah yeah ah.
0: anyway moving back on back to groundhog day. groundhog day there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh, Heavy, heavy themes in this movie.
2: Like what? Well, I mean,
0: <laughs> what's it really about? What's what do you, what do you think it like is actually saying?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's a uh, you could like how do you how does one live a, a fulfilling life a, a best your your best life? How do you is the point of living for yourself or for others? Mm-hmm. Is it is it about love? Is it about um, you know sort of being? like a self-actualized person which is basically fulfilled like in all of your needs Mm -hmm. you know um is it about you know finding perfection you know there's so many different ways you can kind of go um yeah is it about is it about breaking patterns you know living like we do every day like we wake up every day and more or less do the same things as americans in a sense that you know we're we perpetuate our own misery. Yeah. Um, It's like the opposite. Like
0: we do the same things a lot of, you know, a lot of days you do the same routine over and over and over, but that's not make, not necessarily making you any
2: happier. Yeah. So it's like, how do you break the patterns that make you who you are and how do you become a new person? So, so many different angles to sort of Mm -hmm. take on this. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, different religions that kind
0: of latch on to this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, from a religious point of view, this is a very popular movie.
2: Yeah, Buddhists,
0: Catholics,
2: Jews—they all have something to, to uh, hang on to on this one. Yeah, that, that basically this is this is a metaphor for their some of their tenets, right? Yeah, like, those yeah, are, but all in a different way.
0: Yeah, like in the Jewish religion, they've kind of viewed it as he's got to do mitzvahs in order to, which is like. You know, basically, good deeds in order to to move on to the next phase of your life. Well, that's a mitzvah. That's a mitzvah. I don't know what a mitzvah is. Well, you do now. All right. Thank you. Come back to Hebrew school with me. You'll learn a thing or two. I'll
2: definitely learn a lot (laughs) because I don't know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So, doing good deeds leads to a better life. Yeah. Just moving, like, or moving
0: to the next level of your life. Got it. Which is part of the the Buddhist mentality as well, which Harold Ramis was, uh, I think he had just gotten into Buddhism by Mm. this point, or maybe like a few years before this, but, um, he was, I think he was really applying some of those to the story.
2: I'm sure. Yeah. It resonated with him. Mm -hmm. Lots, lots there.
0: Yeah. And where, like for the Catholic religion, where is, is, is this a version of hell? right that he, he's in
2: yeah or is it purgatory, purgatory yeah. or is he between the worlds of of earth and, yeah and the afterlife
0: and he actually hasn't it, it can't be i mean it can't be hell because he hasn't done anything bad he had to to warrant going to hell yeah right according to catholicism I he guess hasn't so. killed yeah. anybody he hasn't stolen anything he hasn't he didn't break
2: know. any commandments as far as we know yeah uh not com- a prequel
0: committed any v- could be a different story yeah but.
2: Yeah, you know, the Groundhog Day prequel. He's just Robin banks. He's just a mass murderer. Just torturing people. Oh, that's why that happened. <laughs> that, this <laughs> is that why. That... We always wondered why did he go through Groundhog Day yeah. in
0: the purgatory. Even Day? if that deleted scene, or not deleted scene, but that, that explanation of the girl- breaking up with the girlfriend and her doing the curse yeah. still wouldn't warrant going to hell. <laughs> right, right. So yeah.
2: purgatory kind of makes more sense. But that's what they say. Like Purgatory is sort of a nothing kind of existence where it's you're just... You're stuck. You're stuck. You're, and so this is, what, what could be more stuck or sticky than reliving the same day, n- knowing you can't change, you can change what you do, but that you're you're always going to ha- experience this day. Yeah. Like, boy, it's gonna you're gonna get bored unless you do the things you're supposed to do for yourself. Right. Self improvement. Love and is yourself. It,
0: yeah. And is it God who's like, is it God trying to teach him a lesson?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. See, this is that's why the, having a lack of an explanation makes this so perfect that everyone can find something. Yeah, about like how that you could apply what's going on to your own life or your own beliefs.
0: Well, you do, you do. If they had done like a Bruce Almighty thing, where they're like, "Here's this is God actually trying to, yeah. you know, is involved with this," then it's you're gonna you're gonna drive other. You know, uh, from a religious point of view, you'll probably drive some of those other audience members away.
2: Yeah, like because it's cause it's very specific conceit that you know may may not ascribe to or really want to see that kind of story. Like you know, you know, God interfering with an individual's life, whatever. This is this is just a thing. Like this is the loosest like spiritual sci-fi thing. Like this is just a thing that happens, and everyone can take something from. Mm-hmm. it. So. It's uh something for everybody. There's a little bit of, you know. Wholesome. Yeah. But why, so do you, so why do you think he broke, how do you think he broke it? Like, what do you, is it a combination of everything we saw? Is it because of true love? Is it?
0: I don't know if like, it's true love. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the, I think that's something that he gets out of it. I don't know if that was like the, what he needed to have happen. Like yeah. it had to be that. I think it was a combination of, of all of it of doing all the good deeds that he did like all of that needed to happen to completely reshape him as a person yeah um and love is a part of that but he did you know helping the old man catching the little kid yep you know I think it was just and even that moment when he catches the kid he's still like you see that (laughs) snippy Bill or or Phil still in there you know
2: he's like say thank you say thank you which is still
0: like part of his personality like you
2: can't suck all of that out
0: of him yeah yeah you know
2: uh apparently the i didn't know this that the kid the kid is can be seen in the background of when he's in the hospital with the old man oh really And the kid has a cast on oh apparently. wow supposedly he, i did not catch that. i don't know if that's true i want to go back and see but like the, the but there is a lot of that
0: like the two yeah. drunk guys you can see them in the background of other scenes and yeah. you see the old man in the background of mm-hmm. n- i don't think it's just where he runs in a needle nose ned Oh yeah, yeah which he's might be my like favorite him. scene. I don't know. I've got a lot of favorite scenes, <laughs> uh-huh. but needle nose Ned, those those sequences <laughs> are just—they're so good together. Those yes. guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It's that common. It's every he. I think it's that self-actualization. Like everything, everything is is there. He has everything he needs to to exist and to be, you know, to be protected and to be a, a complete person. And part of that is also, you know, having creative pursuits, you know, becoming a musician and becoming a ice sculptor or whatever, yeah. like. Which I've like,
0: done. I did that.
2: A, you've done that. Mm-hmm. You're good at that. Yeah. But like there's like that creative adding a, a, a creativity to like to yourself, to something that you bring out, something that you uniquely can give to the world as well as the good acts that you can give to other people. And all of that is sort of formed around an idea of like he literally says in the movie like I hate myself or something and he doesn't he doesn't counter that but you can tell he doesn't he doesn't hate himself anymore he mm-hmm. loves himself yeah everything he's done the person he's become yeah that's that's well, who he wants to be he's happy you know
0: yeah. and you when he's with Rita you know those last couple of times yeah he's not feeling that disappointment and that heartbreak of not sleeping with her yeah you know
2: yeah because the for the first time the first go at trying to get with rita it's really just trying to figure out how to sleep with her Mm -hmm. Well, the
0: first many many times
2: yeah i mean well that's the thing like you know he does it with that one woman i think nancy or something he Mm -hmm. learns just a couple of things about her in one day and uses it the next day to, to end up getting her back at her, his place. Yeah, I mean, you could... We'll, we'll, well get that was, into
0: that how many days, but... Um, no,
2: but for but you can assume the Nancy thing was like... A quick one, thing. Yeah, I would
0: think like a couple of days, you know. Yeah. Meets up with her, asks different questions, and then he can piece together a whole thing to manipulate her into sleeping with him. Yeah. but And then, then the other girl, too, you can assume.
2: Yeah. But then with Rita, it's very involved kind of thing. And you see the mistakes and then the replays and all that. And then he always just gets slapped at the end. That that she's not someone that can be manipulated into this thing.
0: I love the I love the take where he's like bouncing, like they're in the like laying in the snow, and he's so eager to like yeah yeah get you know to, to kiss her. He's just like if Shifting I move around. like is this the right yeah yeah? I do it like?
2: Well, he's so yeah, he's so eager to recapture that magic, and mm-hmm. it's not there. Yeah, and uh, he that's what he realizes the disappointment. Like he can't. Things have to happen organically. Things have to come from a, a, an original place. Yeah, uh, and, and
0: and I think he gets to a point where he's happy just being with her. Yeah, and sex isn't a part of it.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they and they after they broke it, they wake up. They're wearing the clothes from last night. Mm-hmm. They they just slept in the same bed. But yeah, I mean, it had nothing to do with the physical. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's probably that probably just sealed the deal. Like in terms of being a complete person. Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't his goal because you know the next night it's on oh (laughs) yeah it's on yeah (laughs) but i i the thing is though it's funny that i maybe one thing i don't buy or get necessarily like that he's this the the very last night where everything is is fixed you know that's going to go to february 3rd that you know part of his like monologue to her a little bit he says like you know that he loves her, that the, the, from the moment he met her, he was like sort of changed by her and all that. And you don't, that never existed. It it just seemed like he was just sort of like reading like a poem to her just Mm -hmm. to like, to, to seduce her in a sense, not seduce her, but like make her fall for him because he's just using the right words. Yeah. Not that that was his intention, but it's just sort of like, well, you know, if you want a woman to really understand, you gotta be flowery and sort of bigger and and being, you know not deceitful but sort of maybe a hyperbolic mm-hmm. about it it's just sort of like he didn't really need to do that like, yeah it's I... and it's just an artifact of of the time and of the men writing this and that sort of thing but would he, have been
0: you know, interesting if there was a female involved uh on the on the creative process yeah you know? i mean
2: it's it's really just an odd little thing like oh and he loves her because look he says these are these nice things and I don't know. It's just kind of but it's just of the era and Well you yeah. And I
0: don't know if it, I. I mean, I know he says those words, but I don't I don't know if I mean it definitely doesn't seem true. There is a moment when he first sees her that there's like he is connected to her. Yeah. Like in the studio. Yeah. I don't yeah, know that's... if it's quite that much of a feeling that he you know, I think over time he's learned to feel that way about her. Yeah. I mean, so part, I agree. Yeah. That, that line is a little, it's, a, yeah, mm. it's just
2: a little, uh, like, but I think it is sort of like you, you get to this point feeling about a person. I mean, every memory of that person, you're going to have a good feeling about mm-hmm. anyway. So you're kind of going to express it that way. Yeah. So yeah. I get it. Like people talk like that. People do that thing. It's not, it's not a deceit, deceitful mm-hmm. thing, but yeah, it is just kind of odd that, I don't know, but she, she complete, she helps complete the picture for him mm-hmm. and he expresses that he's, he's done. He knows the entire town. He's given them music. He saved their lives. He gives them art. He charms them. Yeah. He makes them laugh. They all feel good around him. He's, he's the perfect person mm-hmm. for himself by by existing. And he affects all these people and she's the last piece. Yeah. How nice! Oh, sweet story! Oh, how
0: fucking nice! Unfortunately, it does not pass the Bechdel test, though. So <laughs> no, not even close.
2: I don't think so. <laughs> Mm-mm.
0: Anyway, uh, anyway, so we were talking about the time loop before. Boop, boop. How how long do you think that Phil was stuck there?
2: Uh, I want to. It's like it's got to be like
0: because it ranges yeah. what people seem to think.
2: Ten, twenty years, probably. I'd say. That's a long time. The Buddhist,
0: uh, the Buddhist, you know, one of their, I I don't know if it's not a rule or, but, but what they say is it takes a soul uh, 10,000 years to graduate to the next level. Mm. So there was an idea that he's been there for that long. He's been there for 10,000 years, the same day over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Um, Harold Ramis has said it's more like, Thirty to forty years. Hmm. Uh, other interviews, he's said ten years. Mm-hmm. Danny Rubin said it's it's a lifetime. Like there is no there's no actual amount, mm-hmm. but it's a long long time. Got it. Yeah. So it, they seem to maybe be in consensus thirty forty years something like that.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, if you ask the studio, they would have said they said two weeks.
2: They said that. <laughs> But there's so many separate days in the movie. That like, doesn't even you make can,
0: sense. You can calculate it. I mean, just him saying that he saw the movie like 100 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there you go.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't... <just, laughs>
0: two weeks. And there's, uh, there's other people who have broken it down to eight years, eight months, 16 days. Uh, some have broken it down to just under 34 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a way to calculate certain things.
2: Right because it just, takes it takes a long a certain amount of time to do anything. You can, well, you can count how many
0: takes they are when he says, you know, he saw the movie hundreds of times, you know, add that in. Yeah. Um you know, you can guesstimate certain things, but
2: how long does it take to learn piano in that way? Exactly. Yeah. You know.
0: From not knowing at all, how long does it take to learn how ice sculpt? Yeah. Cuz could he do those in one day? I oh, don't maybe, <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> maybe. No. I
0: learned ice sculpting in 4 days.
2: Oh. To just just under four days. To be fair, most your ice sculptors ice sculptures are pretty much just big blocks with uh, a couple of holes in them. Yeah. They that's what I'm going it's for. It's just art. It's just that's, abstract art. That's, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, going for.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, got
2: it. Block two holes. So that took that took only a few days. What does it mean to you? <laughs> uh yeah, infinity. Yeah. Eternal life. Eternal life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> boy, you're good at that. Um yeah, Sci-Fi man. How how I long know. was he there? Sci-Fi here he is again.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, before we go any further though, I want to play. I I've got a little game. Ooh, I've got a little game for you. Okay. I call it Reconcina Casting. <laughs> <laughs> Catchy name, huh? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you could if you could recast this role in it, with today's you know today's actors, today's group of actors, who would you who would you put as Phil? As Phil? Phil Connors.
2: Phil Connors. Um.
0: And yes, it can be someone from Marvel. Okay, I know you. You're Chris
2: Evans. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. You went
0: Evans. Of uh, all the Chris's, yeah, Evans.
2: exactly. Probably Hemsworth. Um.
0: Oh Hemsworth, of course. Hemsworth. <laughs>
2: You can do anything. Hemsworth could play the Chris Elliott character. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, let's see. If you want to go, you can go to maybe a couple different ways. you probably get, like, a Steve Carell type. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do maybe a Chris Pratt type. Going younger with the Pratt? Yeah, I mean, like, Steve Carell's a maybe too old, but not in a sense. He's, like, 75 now. Yeah, he's so old, dude. Uh who else and then maybe ryan Gosling if he could be charming oh he if <laughs> if he's, he's, he's pretty charming in that financial yeah. crisis movie uh
0: I think a um <laughs> i think a crazy stupid love Gosling could do it okay there you go what do you think about like an aziz Ansari?
2: um the th- uh... He could, yeah, yeah sure. I could see an Aziz. A, a non-problematic Aziz. non <laughs> <laughs> Um now I was thinking if
0: you do a role reversal, could you do an Amy Schumer as a female Phil Connors? Mm. She'd have to beef up the dramatic acting chops a little bit. Right. I think she'd have to, you know, really work yeah. on that cuz I don't know if she's there yet.
2: You got a Schumer I'd say, you know, like a Maya Rudolph. Nah,
0: no, no Maya, no Maya. Amy polar though.
2: polar polar can't do. I mean, can't go wrong. With I her. mean, Faye could do it. I like Faye as an actress. <laughs> she does Maybe smile. yeah, she pulls it. Uh, yeah, no. Who else? What if you had like an Emma Stone though? Emma Stone too young. Oh, Emma
0: Stone might work I'm a, a like role reversal. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah,
2: it's kind of. I, like I could buy that as a Phil character. Yeah.
0: And Gosling as Annie McDowell. Boom. We got this. Let's do I mean, there are, there are a couple. I mean, they're a pair anyway. Yeah. So they've done like three or four movies. But. And Chris Hemsworth as Chris Elliott. I'm. I think we. I think we nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so Emma Stone as Phil Conn, female Phil f- Connors. Female Phil Connors. What's the What's the female f- name for Phil? Phyllis. phyllis Mm. philly lisa sure lisa
2: (laughs) she plays lisa
0: (laughs) lisa simpson let's just call her lisa simpson
2: (laughs) yeah the new
0: character is lisa simpson uh and then gosling as as the annie mcdowell role
2: and rita so what's the male rita ryan rick rick lisa simpson and rick schroeder (laughs) (laughs) lisa simpson meets rick schroeder and they fall in love uh, sold. And Hemsworth he... as Chris Elliott. Yeah. yeah. Uh, perfect.
0: And keep Stephen Tobolowsky as Needle Nose. Yeah, Ned. he'd have to. Yeah.
2: <laughs> There's no recasting. That Ned. stays. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm sold. I'm, I'm good All with right. that. I'll buy that. Uh, well, let me just throw out there, not necessarily for modern audience, but uh, I could have seen Kurt Russell as Phil Connors.
2: Yes. I could, um, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're... post backdraft.
0: Post-backdraft, yeah. pre... We're like Captain Ron. Was it Captain Ron 92, 93? I think... So. Yeah, maybe. So we're looking at Captain Ron Captain era. Ron-esque. Kurt. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. 100%. The charm is there. <laughs> you know, he's the right age.
2: Um, so we're saying he's not in this movie, though,
0: right? No. No. No.
2: Well, I mean, if we're going there, if if Kurt's not in it, who's got the best hair in this movie? Oh, Best Hair. Best well, hair. It's a rough movie for hair. I got to go Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. She's got that full head of hair. There's so much of it. There's so much to play with. <laughs> so much to do. Or tawny <laughs> Phil. And then, you know what? Can you get can you get from Kurt Russell to Andy McDowell? Oh, I got it. I, I actually have it already.
0: Go. Whoa. Andy McDowell to... Uh, oh, God. Why am I... Uh, James Spader. Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Uh-huh. Spader to Kurt. Stargate. Stargate. boom! Boom. Yes. That, didn't...
2: that was our mini Kurt's Corner. Yeah. <laughs> a
0: quickie, but a goodie.
2: We love you, Kurt. We'll see you soon. Very soon. Yeah. Well, we'll see you. You may not see us. Yeah. We're that's, always watching. That's typically how it goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the two of us in the bushes. Uh, just, like, peeking <laughs> over the... With sunglasses <laughs> and... <laughs> Inspector Gadget uh, Yeah we
2: wearing, wearing A big trench coat Yeah You're I'm on my You're th- on my shoulders wearing, <laughs> yeah. We're wearing A
0: really tall And I've got the Big fake coat. mustache
2: <laughs> Yeah Over your regular beers uh,
0: He doesn't mind um, <clears throat> Alright Excuse me Yeah uh, so You want to do some BO Let's talk about the Token uh, box Yeah Box office
2: Some BO Go for it
0: uh, Movie had a 14.6 million dollar Budget Shit. it uh, shot in as we said Woodstock, Illinois between March and June of 1992. Huh. So about 7 8 months before it came out. Mhm. Uh it was released February 12th, 1993. Mhm. 12.5 million dollar opening, 70.9 uh domestic gross. So it almost made its money back opening weekend. Not bad. Which, you know, in that in that era was was good.
2: Yeah, that's good money.
0: It opened up at number 1. What did it beat? It, uh, it, heavy competition. Let me just. What do we got? I think February might have been a soft month, but, uh, Summersby, the Richard Gear uh, classic. Oh. Yep. Yep. Homeward Bound, one of Disney's you know, Homeward our, Bound? Yeah, on your top 10 list. Of course. I liked it. All a- time. Animals. Is mm-hmm. that okay. Yep. Animals. Yeah, Uh, <laughs> and National uh, Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. Which oh. We've mentioned before, it's come up a lot. <laughs> It's actually on really, and off the air. It's pretty funny.
1: But,
0: <laughs> I like that movie. Uh, I think that didn't quite... Uh, it didn't do well when it came out, though. It didn't, it was, but it should have. I think it was people didn't it's, get that it was like a Naked Gun type movie. I don't know.
2: Yeah. And hot, had Hot Shots come out by Hot Navy Shots Street? 1 had. Hot Shots 2 hadn't. So this was like a cheap... I, think, I guess it just seemed like a I think cheap... Yeah, it just didn't... Thing.
0: Go over because it's Emilio instead of Charlie doing the same kind of thing. Yeah, it works with the Hot Shots movies, but doesn't here.
2: Yeah, I don't. know. I don't get it. It should. It should work. I mean, I know Emilio Estevez wasn't red hot he by the time off he mighty was Mighty like, Ducks. That's true, but that's so. like a kids' movie. Yeah, like kids went to see that. It's a family film. Yeah, yeah. But like parodying Lethal Weapon in cop movies. Yeah, I guess probably doesn't have the same although. Well, yeah. well, Naked Gun's a cop show. The stars you,
0: didn't align for Loaded Weapon 1.
2: Well, I think we should talk about Sam Jackson, Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. Estevez.
0: <laughs> you pronounced it correctly. <laughs>
2: okay. Um, so but yeah,
0: Groundhog uh, beat all those movies. Nice just job. Pushed them all aside. Ooh, shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, those were... So... <laughs> wait. I also have it opening up against Untamed Heart and the Temp. Oh. Temp wait. was not a big big okay. uh success. Which one's untamed, untamed heart? heart was uh Christian Slater. Oh and Marissa Tomei. Tome. yeah. They played uh hockey. There's like hockey in it and he's got a faulty faulty heart. Uh oh, it's untamed even
2: one of those. It's unt
0: <laughs> <laughs> one could say it was even untamed. <laughs>
2: So those also opened did not did not best. No, couldn't, couldn't beat the uh, couldn't juggernaut
0: be the... of Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. I see. Uh, it was number 13, lucky number 13 of 1993 overall. Yeah. I bet you can all guess what number one was. 93? Mm-hmm. Mm. Summers B2. It actually came out wow. same year. Amazing. Number one movie of the year. Yeah. Nobody saw the first one, but the second one. So what was I, I kid?
2: <laughs> so what was the number one movie? Oh, Jurassic Park. Oh, by yeah. by leaps and bounds, I think. Le, leaps and bounds. Do You know what else to t- win in the top 10 that year? Mm, go for it. Uh Mrs. Doubtfire number 2. Mm. Uh That was f- a spring movie, wasn't it? Like. That's in November, March, movie. April, close, yeah. <laughs> that was an alternate November. spring. That was a Thanksgiving uh movie. Mm-hmm. Uh The Fugitive with Mr. Ford. Oh, yeah. The Firm with Tom Mr. Cruz. Sleepless in Cruise Seattle right to the top of the box office oh, right Oh, baby yeah that was the fr- sleepless in Seattle mm-hmm indecent so proposal. that's what Tom that's Hanks it. did instead of groundhog day yeah probably a good choice yeah, yeah. uh sleepless uh, in Seattle uh I just said indecent proposal after that Mm. with unforgettable woody demi Redford Redford Robert and and Robert Redford Robert and introducing <laughs> Robert <laughs> uh lucky number 11 was in the line of fire mm-hmm. yes clint <laughs> one of my my favorite movie of 93 94 in the line of fire literally if someone said what was your favorite movie I'm like in the line of fire <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> it's... the pelican brief mm-hmm.
0: so another clancy oh, clance uh, not clancy uh another uh john grisham, grisham. Yeah. yeah um grisham clancy that's
2: Wait, isn't that? Wait, this is nuts. The firm opened on July second. Then, oh, the Pelican Brief was December. Excuse me. Yeah. Schindler's List, no, tops at number mm-hmm. nine, and then of course your favorite cliffhanger at top ten.
0: I love cliffhanger. Yeah. I, I do. I have a soft spot for cliffhanger. Lithgow. And Demolition Man, both of them.
2: <laughs> is Lithgow and Demolition Man? No, but still he is. should be. <laughs> Dennis Leary doing his Dennis Leary monologues. <laughs> Gotta have in, it. In the sewers and shit? <laughs> I want to eat a lobster and and and, and watch porno and <laughs> smoke cigarettes. Remember those old Dennis Leary things? <laughs> hey. I want to do stuff you're not allowed to do, but but everyone does anyway. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, but this was... Uh,
0: Groundhog Day was the number nine grossing Bill Murray movie at the box office. Of all time? Mm-hmm. Huh. Number... You know what number four was? Four. I don't know what it was. <laughs> number one was Ghostbusters. Oh, okay, <laughs> got it.
2: Don't do that to me.
0: I like to throw, I don't want to know the top one. I want to know number, number six, number seven. <laughs> Lucky number seven. Uh, and this won a, Groundhog Day won a uh, BAFTA for uh, Best Screenplay. Oh, congratulations. So it won a uh, British Oscar equivalent. That makes sense. Mm-hmm good yeah they liked it over there overseas big fan over the pond big fan let's watch mm. that
2: movie next <laughs> swim fan i'm thinking swim fan <laughs> big and fan it's prequel big fan <laughs> isn't big fan the, that Patton oswalt movie that's the fan no, no the, that's the fan. Wait, wait a minute there's so many fan movies there's a lot of fans oh i forget about it
0: <laughs> uh the critics uh really liked the movie when it came out it sure. got good reviews new york times liked it entertainment weekly liked it yep Washington Post said it was was a good vehicle for Bill, but it would never be, uh, it would never, it wouldn't last forever. It wouldn't be put in the uh, Library of Congress or anything. Oh, which, that,
2: it later would be in that National Film Registry. I see.
0: Yeah. Roger Ebert uh, liked it at first, but admitted that it got better with age, and the more and more you watched it, the better the movie got.
2: Got it. Yes. Which, I concur. I would agree with that.
0: Uh, as we said 2006 it did get inducted into the National Film Registry.
2: Uh, was this was this the first movie to use a time loop? Mm I don't think the first one. But certainly not a you know first mainstream I would big say, movie? Yeah, and it's But a, certainly... a lot of movies had that. I mean, I, looked, oh, yeah. I sort of looked it up. I mean, there's there's other films with the same with a, a conceit of at least repeating time mm. you know repeating days not I don't think it's that as specific as this, but certainly the
0: best comedic use of it
2: yeah, there's not really any a lot of comedies that do this.
0: no, I mean as a I think as a comedy it's much it's a much easier sell as a drama
2: yeah, I think the closest comedy is that uh, the Netflix movie Naked with Marlon Wayne's he starts every day uh, at a wedding and he's naked. <laughs> no Apparently. way i read the, i looked it up that's a thing <laughs> no it's on netflix gotta got to watch it he's gotta so he re- repeats the same day trying to stop a wedding or get married or i don't even know i don't mm-hmm. know i'm sure it's good hashtag gotta watch it mm-hmm. okay Writing but right uh, th- this but groundhog day can probably edge of tomorrow are my favorite time loop movies oh uh, yeah yeah good All one right. live die repeat mm-hmm. let's go mm-hmm. let's go it's my favorite video game i've ever watched <laughs> in, in a theater <laughs> Where would you
0: rank this in uh, your personal Bill Murray uh, list?
2: My Murray list? Uh, this is probably top five, top six. Yeah. Would... This, Ghostbusters, Rushmore. What was I saying to you the other day? What else did I put up there? Um, yeah, hell. There's a lot. I mean, he's got a
0: big. Uh, what about
2: Bob's? Kind of good for me. I kind of like that a lot. I, I
0: this would. I think this would be my number three. Number, th- top three right yeah. now. You're saying it. I'm saying Caddy me show? personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. Lost in Translation. Oh, okay, yeah. Breaking the 2000 rule there. It's Okay, it happens. He's been
2: it. in. He's been in lots of movies. I
0: do it when I want to. Okay, all it's, right. It's our show. Yeah, we can do it. Um, number three, Groundhog Day number four scrooged no Ugh. scrooged i would maybe say caddyshack five stripes stripes six rushmore scrooge is way before seven stripes. scrooged oh boy so on and so forth scrooge is definitely in my top what about five. what about bob is not like in my
2: near my top I, really, I mean yeah i mean i don't know it's different Richard. I mean, I love Richard it, Dreyfus. Richard, Sir Richard Dreyfus. It's more a Richard Dreyfus movie than it's a Bill Murray movie. Mm, mm, not sure about that. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, I go on and on about uh, where I rank it, but this is one of Harold Ramis's best movies, and I would say definitely this is Danny Rubin's best movie. Oh, um, send him a note. Yeah, this is like this is the one he'll be he'll be known for it. Whether or not how close this version is to his original one you know is up for debate
2: i'd love to see a that original script produced yeah well when
0: well we'll get to that well actually you know what we're not going to get to it later we'll get to it right now go ahead they did a stage version in uh 2016 that apparently i think harold had worked on with danny before harold passed away oh wow uh so it was kind of like a good mixture of both i heard it was very good i had i didn't get over to across the pond to uh see it Oh, but, okay um maybe someone illegally recorded
2: it and we could watch <laughs> on youtube but it's more uh an, a, 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 an adaptation of the original script or something. i think it's a little closer to the original one. oh interesting yeah. okay yeah i think you can do that in, a, in, a, in the theater yeah to really go into that heavy shit mm-hmm. uh, that that he probably wanted to explore yeah that makes yeah. sense uh,
0: it the term Groundhog Day, uh, actually became a common term in the military. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was like basically when you're stuck in a shitty situation. Uh, oh, okay. they call it a Groundhog Day when you're, you're a you know, you're on the same patrol for day after day after day in the desert. And, you yeah, know, yeah. it was, uh, so in that world, it became a kind of a popular term. Sure. Unfortunately, but
2: <laughs> yeah. Huh.
0: Uh, the movie was uh did a lot of great things for Punxs- the real Punksitaani oh. drew lots of uh, lots of attention there. like I think it like quadrupled how many people came there for, for Groundhog Day after the movie came out. Wow. That's and, great. Uh, you know, they, they changed some of the local restaurants to match the restaurant, you know, the cafe and the movie and really? some of the other places. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. That's so uh, it's cute. That's cute and the holiday the freaking holiday itself
2: memorable forever now because of this yeah people always talk about groundhog day they're always going to talk about it yeah you can refer to like a feeling as a gra- like a groundhog day like ah oh, it's just it's just it's just like i'm groundhog day yeah. yeah and you're talking talking about the holiday you're talking about the concept of this movie totally like and the, we talk the, about groundhog day all the time the concept the of the movie is more popular than the holiday itself yeah totally <laughs> probably <laughs> uh i don't know is it uh, how does
0: this uh do you think it works today you think it still holds up 2019
2: yeah m- mostly works it's his it's it's phil connor's story and journey mm-hmm. um it you can it'd be interesting to go deeper go a little darker but you know it, it's hard to balance that with the point the rest of what happens but Mm -hmm. that's not a flaw that it doesn't do that it's because it's it's, this is a very cohesive complete film it's the script is 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 more or less perfect yeah it's It's really
0: really solid really strong yeah i would uh i would like you know if not that i could redo the movie but i'd be interested to see a little bit more from rita's point of view yeah yeah, you know a lot i i be into more of a female presence in this movie. Cause it's pretty much, you know, it's all from his side of the story basically.
2: Yeah. But then it would just be a lot of the two of them together. And really she can only be revealed based on how he changes every time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's kind of harder to do like to, to offer that up. Yeah. I mean, I you don't... could do more character stuff just to make her more interesting. <laughs> like, right. You know, she's kind of one. No, like she's a driven producer, kind of no nonsense fun but you don't really know much about her Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah we really don't know anything about her other than what he's she's revealing to him yeah yeah yeah. but Um, uh so yeah i don't know i i think uh you could you could do something there but uh absolutely i think it holds up now it's it's totally enjoyable it's it's sweet it's funny uh it has you know hints of a dark side which you don't see for very long but uh if you're looking for an uplifting movie, uh, definitely if you're a Bill Murray fan and you haven't seen this movie, first of all, why did you listen to this whole show? Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> so go watch it. Second, Sorry. you go watch it.
2: We're not that good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely uh, give it a rewatch for sure.
2: Yeah, get it, get there.
0: I'm going to go watch it now. I think I think now is a great time. You know, we've been talking about it. We just watched it last week. Let's watch it again and see what uh, this week's version of us thinks about the movie. Yeah. I'm sure we've changed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel uh, different. So, yeah, we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys for uh, tuning into the show. Think we so. want. We want to thank some of our friends, our usual buddies. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Moore for the the poster uh, and EK Wimmer uh, for the theme song. Thank you again, and yes. check out. Be sure to check out his show, Laser Graves.
2: Yes, everything '80s and more.
0: Yeah, really interesting content there. Yeah. Uh, check him out. There's some some good horror stuff that he's been doing lately. Yeah. Uh, movies and some stuff that you. Certainly haven't seen in a while, if ever. Yeah. So uh, give him a, give him a shout out. Uh, okay, and we uh, don't forget to uh, rate us on iTunes. Give us a review, a five star review, boost our uh, our status there, so we more people can uh, hear about the show and and uh, join us on this crazy ride. Yeah, and
2: stop by our Facebook page and hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at ReconCinimation. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you might want us to, to do next Yeah, coming up and uh, let us know, you know, how your day's going. Any comments, critiques
0: on the the questions from the last few episodes, you know, fire away at us. Anything you want to see in the future, you let us know. We've got a, a cool lineup coming up in February and uh, I'm excited to uh, be back here Same. with my pal David.
2: Yeah, pals <laughs> forever. <laughs> and thanks
0: to all our listeners all around the globe. Mistaken. Literally every continent, uh, all
1: of them.
2: Maybe, it's, maybe six not out of seven. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe. Um, all right, guys. We'll see you in two weeks with our next
2: show. Bye now.